the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Show dedicated to getting you to retirement. Try not to get too greedy or fearful in the process of talking about wealth. We're seeing green today on the S P 500, the Dow, the NASDAQ, the Russell. We're seeing a little bit of red on oil. Oil's a big story this year. We'll get to that in just a second. 10-year treasury sits at 2.98%, just under three. That's a big part of the fighting inflation oil story, the 10-year treasury and how we're trying to manipulate it higher, slow things down in the world economies. Interesting, right? So let's take a look. Let's get into the, the data, shall we? I like to do this on Mondays. Let's do a quick report card. NASDAQ down 23% for the year. NASDAQ was up 20% for the year last year. They don't cancel each other out. But I'll take the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 year time frame with NASDAQ. If you're to say in the next year, do you think it's going to go up or down and your children's life depends on it? I would really have to think. But if you give me the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 year time rise, I don't have to think at all. I'll go with history. So for the year, NASDAQ's down 23%. The SP 500 is down 13.8%. The Dow Jones Industrial Average down 9.4%. It has not been a great year. It's okay. There's no t shirts that say the stock market guaranteed me a great year and all it gave me was this miserable down 9% return in the Dow Jones Industrial Average. No, there's no shirts like that. Bitcoin's down 35%, still under 30,000. I think a precarious area for a lot of digital currency investors. Today is the 78th anniversary of D-Day. I cannot turn on Saving Private Ryan and turn it off without at least spending five to 10 minutes in the movie. I'm fascinated by Normandy and... The the bigness of it. Dwight D. Eisenhower had it to have a stressful day. He was overseeing the operation. He smoked four packs of camel cigarettes per day. Future president later quit by filling his pockets with cigarettes and handing them out to other smokers, which he felt was kind of an accomplishment for him. I know you're talking about nicotine, right? Yeah. Stocks hit the brakes. Post-Memorial Day last week. One bright spot was that Kathy Woods closely watched ARK Innovations Fund, which is just super high growth tech stocks. It was up 17% since hitting rock bottom on May 11th compared to the SP 500 4.4% gain. So the companies that have been hit the hardest are starting to recover the fastest. 
I don't look for one single data point. I look for a lot. U.S. Commerce Secretary Gina Raimondo said on CNN yesterday that the U.S. might consider lifting tariffs on some goods in a bid to curb inflation. More than $300 billion worth of imports from China still have tariffs dating back to the President Trump's trade war. It's kind of interesting of doubt. Apple's got a big week this week. They've got uh, a developer's conference. What stinks about this one again is it's not in person again. What's going to be interesting about this one is we're going to get a lot of tech updates. Like, I guess my emoji needs updates. Let's see what new emojis Apple is working on. No, we're going to get a good one. We're going to learn a little bit more about augmented reality, virtual reality headsets this week. It's expected to ship next year. Apple needs to put software code in the hands of developers early so that when it ships, you have access to a Facebook app. You have access to maybe a video game app. I don't know what your augmented reality or virtual reality thing is going to be. Maybe it'll be sitting in the front row of a concert. So companies like Ticketmaster will say, okay, we're going to sell a certain amount of in-person tickets, but we're also going to sell a certain amount of virtual reality tickets. They can't sell unlimited because then it's going to lose value. But we got to start putting these decisions in the hands of the ticket promoters so that we can start getting some apps that kind of appeal to us in AR and VR. Mark Zuckerberg's obsession with the metaverse gets all the attention. But Apple's been talking about it with Tim Cook for a good while as well. When asked in an interview back in 2017, Tim Cook with Bloomberg was asked, what's the thing that you get most excited about? And he said, augmented reality. Now, we've seen some of the the garbage that Apple's put out with augmented reality. They've put three cameras in and you can now put a couch in your living room with an app by Ikea. And you can see what the couch is going to look like before you buy the, or the Warby Parker glasses. You can see the Warby Parker glasses on you before you try a pair. I would say very hit or miss, very not, not as cool as we thought. But Apple's had an augmented reality kit out there now since 2017. 70% of Apple developers don't use it. They, they're not looking for integrating the cameras into their apps. The big problem that the headset will have, and we know this as all new devices are going to be problematic, is it's going to need to be charged. And the more computing power that you give it to do more cool things, the faster it's going to run out of its charge. Apple's headset has moved the back burner since 2017. It showed off the device a couple weeks ago to the board of directors at Apple. We don't know if Apple's developing it under a shell company business model or if they're going to be doing their own trademarks on it and developing it in-house. It's going to have a computing platform that's underneath it, which is what Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook have been craving. Now, Apple is able to woo some of the best and brightest 
from Hollywood, and that's going to help. John Favreau is going to develop video content for the headset. Um, mixed reality versions of its own apps for like the New York Times. There will be a VR version of a FaceTime that can replicate a person's movements in mem emojis. So there's a lot to develop there, and we're going to hear about it this week. It may not be super headlines, but it'll be something Wall Street analysts are looking at aggressively. Will it start the next steps towards killing the iPhone? I don't know. I've made a lot more money by not being definitive in my bets than being definitive. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black talking to all things financial money, investing more. Thanks for listening to the shoe. I've been talking financial media on air and on podcasts for 25 years. It's been a long time. I'm not ready to make an announcement on my retirement, but I look forward to the day that I stop doing this. And when I stop doing it, I'll probably just not stop doing it. I'll probably do it in a different vein, uh, maybe a shorter version, maybe a more concise version. Maybe it'll be the history of what I learned 30 years ago, 35 years ago. What's, what, what's, I don't mind getting up. You know, my kids are in the last week of school this week and I don't do school breakfasts with them. This is the first year that I've insisted that I take my kid to school on Fridays. So I, I wrap up my show 15 minutes early on Fridays. Like I've missed all that. And I don't mind that. <clears throat> the thing that kills me, the thing that makes me want to leave this industry is listen to the headlines that I'm dealing with. GoFundMe removes $1 million fundraiser claiming to help Amber Heard pay $10 million damages to Johnny Depp. I don't care what you think about Johnny Depp, and I don't care what you think about Amber Heard. I don't care at all. I think Depp is a actor that was showed a lot of promise when he was younger that clearly made too much money and the party and took off. He's basically just a modern version of Charlie Sheen, who was a modern version of you name the actor, right? But when I try to turn that into a story, it, it turns into domestic abuse. It turns into divorce. It turns into marrying well. And it's just a sad story. And these are the other stories that I have to deal with today. Um, and some of them are just horrific, right? A man in Great Britain died after police shot him with a taser and he tumbled into the river Thames. Okay, little police issues. Yeah, yeah, okay. That's not a problem. I can deal with that one. A shooting at a graduation party in South Carolina left one dead and eight injured, including several children. I hate that story. A shooting in Chattanooga this week left three dead, 14 shot, and three hit by cars as they fled the scene. People were trying to leave the scene in such panic that they sped off in cars. People were trying to leave the scene in such panic that they ran into cars that were fleeing. Now, I know you're saying, okay, what's the point of this, Rob? It's, it's what's going to cause me to quit. 13 mass shootings took place over the weekend alone, leaving 18 dead and 72 injured. 40% of Republicans say we just have to learn to live with it. And here's my issue. I'm a dad. I'm neither Republican or, or Democrat to my children. And I just, it's weird because I don't have to have this conversation yet, but in the next couple of years, I'm going to say, don't go out to nightclubs. They're going to be like, why dad? I'm like, yeah, bad things happen after midnight. And I don't like that. And that, that, it's, a, it's the biggest problem in my life of media is I have to see everything. I like the stories like Apple preparing for a world after smartphones. 
Rich Dad, Poor Dad, author Robert Kiyosaki expects a brutal market crash. Do you know what I think of Rich Dad, Poor Dad's Robert Kiyosaki? I think he's one of the worst investors of all time. I don't think he's a fraud, but I don't think he, he's legit either. I think he's giving some of the worst financial advice ever. In real estate, worst financial advice ever. He didn't have Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He made it all up. He's been investigated by attorney generals. He's in the business of seminars of teaching you how to become rich, not actually teaching you how to become rich. If you ever read his books, it's like, on one hand, Bitcoin could be the asset of the future. On the other hand, it could be worth nothing. On one hand, real estate could make you rich. On the other hand, stocks cannot, like, look, stocks, bonds, real estate go higher over time. That's not exactly rocket science. You don't need a guy to tell you that. He makes outlandish claims to get you interested. He's clickbait of financial media. And I don't like him because of that. Um, back when I was a dating man, I had a clear, steadfast opinion. If I came into your home and I saw a Robert Kiyosaki book or a Donald Trump book, it was over. If you were trying to get rich by using those people as models, I wasn't going to move forward with you. You're not worth my time. Ooh, Amazon split its stock. It's kind of interesting to see. I'm just uh, looking through things right now. I'm like, did it fall 900 points? Did it fall? It's, it's at 127. Okay. Up 5% today. Let's talk a little bit about that. Amazon stock split doesn't mean much. A 24-1 split from Friday's closing price of 24.47. It doesn't change the value of the company at all. It just means if you had one share, you now have 20 shares. If it was 20 shares valued a dollar or one share valued at $20, who cares? It's the same 20 bucks, right? But some people feel different about it. They feel like, ooh, if it's cheaper, it can go up and I can make more. If this makes the Dow Jones Industrial Average want Amazon to be included in the index, you've seen companies like Apple and Tesla move aggressively when it's been announced they're being added to the S&P 500 or to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. People started accumulating them because guess what we have in our 401ks? We have indexes. And I've been buying shares of the S&P 500 every 401k deposit for the last 25 years. So I've been slowly accumulating things like ExxonMobil and Raytheon and Amgen and uh, Salesforce that are all on indexes. The last change to a Dow component was in 2020 when Amgen, Honeywell, and Salesforce were swapped in for Exxon, Pfizer, and Raytheon. It's interesting to note the market would be higher if the market kept Exxon, Mobil, Pfizer, and Raytheon because COVID pushed the prices of those three areas higher. Exxon, Mobil with oil, Pfizer with uh, pharmaceuticals and uh, COVID treatments, and Raytheon with the Ukraine war with Russia. So stocks, but sometimes getting on the Dow is a good thing. Sometimes it's a little bit late to the party, right? But it is interesting to note that Amazon split their shares today. It's viewed by many as a sign of success, as a way of getting younger investors involved in the stock for the longer term, because they feel like they can get a hundred shares at a thousand, uh, at hundred dollars a share versus a hundred shares at a thousand dollars a share. I get it. I get it. Um. But that doesn't mean the investor is um, stickier. 
just implies that it could be. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Um, talking about stock splits right now. Talking about the headline news and how discouraging it can be. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. There was a big, not breakthrough, but a big type 2 diabetes drug is now being used in testing on weight loss. And it's amazing how much weight people are losing with terzepatide from Eli Lilly, up to 21% of their body weight. We've never had a drug that effective. And with that safe of a profile, that's already been studied on type 2 diabetics. It's going to be very interesting um, watching Lilly's stock if this one gets approved for weight loss. That's a big problem in America. Weight gain, diabetes, it's expensive as well. Taking a pill, interesting solution, right? You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Elon Musk and Twitter, during the commercial breaks, I'm able to hear some of the headlines that national media is reporting on. And it's of note, it's not lost on me that this is a dramatic story. The problem is the dramatic story is something I don't want anything to do with. It's a civil war. Nobody wins, we both lose. In a divorce, nobody wins, we both lose. In a civil war, nobody wins, we both lose. When you get into a a yelling fight, I tried to teach that to my kids. Um, try to get into situations that are positive, not negative. Try to get into situations that have positive results, not negative. Civil War, there are more than 600,000 deaths in the American Civil War. Some people think it was a higher number, up to 1.5 million. I think it started roughly in 1861, the Battle of Fort Sumter. The last couple of years of the Civil War really kind of kind of sketchy in my head. Like... The Battle of the Wilderness. Do you remember that? Probably not. That was 1864, well past the Battle of Gettysburg. Battle of Palmetto Ranch. Like, there's some timelines in American history that we're not very good at. Today, obviously, June 6th, marking D-Day. But I try not to get involved in anything that feels like a civil war. And Elon Musk is in a civil war with Twitter. I could almost care less. Like that's how unattractive it is to me. Elon Musk is accusing Twitter of resisting and thwarting his right to information about fake accounts on the platform. I think he really wanted to take over Twitter. And then I think he started looking at it and said, what does this mean? He wants the ability to tweet 24, seven, three, six, five without the SEC giving him any sort of flack. I think he likes the attention. He can't go two days without being in the headline news cycle. Three almost kills him. He says he reserves the right to pull out of the deal. It looks like he should lose about a billion dollars if he cancels. And that has to be kind of an insult to his ego. Remember whether it was the kids who were trapped in a cave that needed rescue and he somehow gets into a fight with another diver and calls the dude a pedo, short for pedophile. Like, isn't this about kids in a cave? who need to be saved before the water rises. I just don't, he's too dramatic for me. 
Um, the moment he put in a bid for Twitter, it was bad news for Tesla because it's like, uh oh. Wall Street didn't like Jack Dorsey running Twitter and Square. They're like, he needs to choose one. If it's a publicly traded company, he needs to have a baby. He needs to choose one. And Wall Street's doing the same on Twitter with Elon Musk and saying, you know, don't forget this Tesla over there. And he's doing some crazy backtracking. Last week, he tweeted out that he needs to cut the workforce by 10%. He got on his high horse about, you know, Americans going back to work and Americans being lazy and people in China, they're going back to work happily. But he doesn't talk about communism and how sometimes they're forced to work in slave-like conditions. He just tweets a little bit too quickly, in my opinion. And I don't say that about Elon Musk. Or I'm sorry, I don't say that about Tim Cook. I don't say that about uh, CEO of Google or Microsoft. Um, I look at the CEO of Uber and look at his tweets and go, these are all pretty rational. I really like what he's trying to communicate. With Elon Musk, you don't know. And, And... it's a problem because when he says he he needs to cut his workforce by 10%, Americans are lazy. You kind of assume that the production line at Tesla is going to get a downsizing. He goes, no, we're going to actually be hiring people there. So the production line is no downsizing. And he goes, management, we're not going to fire, but we're not going to hire any white collar jobs either. Okay. So where's this 10% cut? Or, or were you just venting and getting mad at America because companies like Apple say, we need you to come back to work, or Google says, we want you back at work, and you're, you're angry as a millennial is about having to be – like, I get it. I, I get why people have to have opinions and don't think them out before they tweet. Now, again, does Elon Musk – and this is why I won't invest in Twitter. This is the only reason I won't invest in Twitter or Elon Musk. It's just I don't know where he's coming from. Last month, when he put a $44 billion purchase order in on Twitter, he talked about moving the deal forward. Now, today, he's like, um, well, we don't feel like we're getting enough information on bots. And I assure you, Twitter's giving them all the information on bots. Now, Twitter has had some transparency issues in the past where it looked good to advertisers to say that there was you know, 100 million active users knowing that there was only... 90 million active users and 10 million of them were, were, were fake. I get why Twitter did it. I get why transparency became an issue. Um, I get why Twitter's innovations in the last five years were about giving Rob Black an account that he can easily switch to five different accounts so he can easily post five different opinions and make it sound like it's come from five different people. For the record, I don't have multiple Twitter accounts. I do have multiple Facebook accounts, one for business and one for personal, but that's as as crazy as I get. So I try not to invest in civil wars. Now, let me give you a little bit more on this. Now, I've I've said this a lot about Elon Musk. Um, My first marriage was a little bit of a civil war. Uh, She was beautiful. But when things weren't smooth, she, there was a lot of drama. Um. And there was a lot of subversion. There was a lot of of non-truths. And it was doomed to last under a year, which is, I still think, the fastest marriage I know that wasn't annulled. (laughs) A record goes to me. 
<laughs> and what I swore off from that moment on is, and it's crazy because like the five girlfriends before, they'd all lasted like three years each. So I had like this just crazy long-term track record of relationships. And then just this crazy, beautiful woman comes into my life and she, she turns it upside down with drama and I ended up marrying her and ended up getting out of it. And now I tell my kids like in life, you don't want drama, no drama, not worth it. Same thing with it, when it comes to investing. If it's going to be too dramatic, I'm not going to do it. I don't like the way China handles capitalism, that sometimes it's like, hey, let's open up to the world. We're the greatest country ever. Um, look at what you do at the Winter Olympics. Look what we do at the Summer Olympics. It's beautiful. Come visit. And then, oh, by the way, whatever happened to the founder of Alibaba? Why did he go away? Because he was worth billions? I don't like that. I don't like that at all. I, I, I don't like that. Again, China's got a China first policy. Where if you're a billionaire, you're supposed to share it within reason. Unless you're in power, then you don't share it, right? But if you're outside power, then you're supposed to share it. So I don't like drama. I stay away from it. Can you do that with your portfolio? You feel comfortable saying that out loud? Don't know. Jurassic World is coming public next week in the movie theaters. Why do I bring this up? Um, it's going to be big. And will it be big enough to bring down Top Gun? Yeah. You know what the most fascinating thing about Top Gun is, is how many older people it got back into movie theaters. Um, my spouse watched a thing on Marilyn Monroe. She doesn't have COVID, but she kind of had COVID this weekend, but she didn't have COVID. So she's sick is what I'm trying to say. And spent most of the weekend in the bed and she's watching some on Maryland man. So she's trying to tell me and I'm like, I really don't care. I really don't care. Oh God. Why are you telling me this? Oh, do we really have to talk about Marilyn Monroe? Not Marilyn Manson. I'd love to talk about Marilyn Manson, but do we have to talk about Marilyn Monroe? And she got into the whole like Elvis thing and pop culture. And she wants to see the new Elvis movie. Have you seen there's going to be a new Elvis movie? It's by Baz Luhrmann. Um, he makes fantastic movies. Uh, visually stunning. Great Gatsby. Moulin Rouge. Where you're like, well, well, that was a movie experience. But he's coming out with an Elvis one this summer. And the big talk is, is it, it, does anyone care? Because I don't even care about Elvis. Um, who's going to go see the movie? Is it going to be people 55 plus? Um, I feel like I've seen enough Elvis. Now, I've got a great Elvis joke for anyone. If you want to email me, Rob at robblackshow.com. It's Rob at robblackshow.com. It is rated R. Um, it's my mom. I told this joke to my mom when she was alive and she loved it. She grew up in a time when Elvis came on television and shook his hips. And shaking the hips is kind of like uh, read between the lines sex, right? It's like, look, something naughty is going up on stage and not really going up, but it, it is, but it isn't. So anyway, I got a great Elvis joke. So the big question is Jurassic World's going to pull people into movie theaters, but that's going to pull people who are eight and want to see dinosaurs to people who are 80 who want to break from society. Will Elvis have as good of a pool as Top Gun? That's going to be the fascinating thing about this summer is the demographics of people going back to movie theaters, not necessarily the movies. Um, congratulations, Top Gun, by the way. What a phenomenal, phenomenal hit it's been at the movie theater.
on a movie that when we all first heard about it, we're like, oh, that's going to be a flop. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing and more. I do really, really mean that when I say thank you. Um, I've had a very good life. I'm very comfortable. I get to talk about investing and telling you how I made my millions, showing you how you can make your millions. The best thing that I ever did was I started young. I knew that at age 16, I didn't want to work till the day I died. I knew that I didn't want to be like my father. And I kind of had this inkling in the back of my head that I wanted to come to California. And I was able to fulfill all those things, right? So I'm not going to promise you that you're going to become wealthy. Starting early is a big part of it. Getting some mistakes out of the way early is a big part of it. I, it's so funny because I, I put off marriage in my 20s and I saw all my friends get married and have kids, all of them. And then I rushed a marriage in my 30s and then I got it right late in my 30s. But I kind of wish I got married in my 20s and my kids would have kids now and I'd be like spoiling them. But I probably wouldn't be as successful, right? Do you get it? <clears throat> so I have some con- I have some content that I like to burn through in the last segment. Um, I saw an email from someone on a website that does financial media. And the lady says, I had a date with a great guy. He ordered two glasses of wine for $36. I expected him to have at least offered to pay the tip. He didn't. Should I have spoken up? And the answer is yes. Um, I, I'm answering someone else's email. But even more importantly, if you can't talk about money, you shouldn't be dating people. I know it may be too early. Um, but the ability to talk about money shouldn't be a thing of shame. Probably the best thing that ever happened to me was after I got out of college, I stopped playing soccer. I put on some um, puff, put on 10 pounds and I had a little muffin top. And I, I didn't feel really comfortable taking the shirt off at the beach kind of thing. And girlfriend once said to me, she goes, I kind of like it. And suddenly my shame was over. And I'll tell you honestly, when people start talking about money, I kind of like it. Um, if you go on a date and it's 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 fun and it's sexy and the biggest flaw that you have is that he ordered two $18 glasses of wine and when it came time to split the bill, you'll split the bill even though you had water or I don't know, maybe a $6 glass of wine. You got to be able to say like, hey, 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 I'm not financially loaded. Can we split this more appropriately? If you can't do that, you shouldn't move forward. Anyhow, um, Vegas is an interesting story right now. Las Vegas has bounced back from pandemic. Believe it or not, one of the big investment trends of the summer is investing in names like Caesars Entertainment and MGM Resorts. Because in the last two years, they've canceled conventions. They've had massive restrictions on how many people could be in casinos and not in casinos. How many, um, you know... How open can it really be? I'm going to Vegas this summer. And guess what I did last week? I went to a business conference. First one. And you know what the CEO of the company said? It's so good to see you people again. It's been so long. There's a gushing that is going on about seeing people in, in real life. And during the pandemic, you know, Sin City lost out on March Madness. Sin City lost out on the Raiders coming to town. I think Sin City is going to get 
the Oakland A's at some point in time. That's that's just miserable to watch that situation play out in Oakland. I think some good news is coming to Vegas. So will the NBA expand to Vegas and Seattle? A lot of people think they will. So Vegas could soon have a baseball team, a basketball team, and a football team. And conventions are coming back. That's not too shabby. Uh, as far as the trend goes, right? Big new diabetes drugs from Eli Lilly. It's helping treat type 2 diabetes. It's so effective at reducing obesity. Patients who have taken the drug for a diabetic study lost 21% of their body weight. That's 50 to 60 pounds. That is game changer. That is data that if you look at the other data, it's like, let's say some of the side effects are like it causes loose stools. Like, oh, we could deal with that for losing 21% of body mass. You can probably even deal with a, a death or two in studies. Like, and you just have to tell the patients, hey, one out of 100,000 people died using this drug. If they can get that market as a weight loss drug, doctors will have a game changer. Eli Lilly, check it out. Gas prices are not more expensive than inflation. No, 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 no. How do I want to say that? You know, you hear the Federal Reserve talk about 2 to 4% inflation is good. 2% on the low side, 4% on the high side. Gas prices really haven't changed much in our lifetime until recently. And that was an interesting conversation I had with my kids over the weekend. They said, our gas prices are going to come back down. Their friends are talking about it. They're in fifth and seventh grade and they're, they're talking about it. They're seeing it. And, you know, I guess the TikTok video of my kids saw like, oh, there's $10 gallon gasoline. And I'm like, well, in my lifetime, they've always kind of, when they went up, they kind of went back down. But overall, the trend's gone from like a buck, buck 50, buck 75, two, two and a quarter, 250, moved to California. Suddenly, the cheapest gas I was ever able to find was four. And they went down to the 399. You were like, party. So I think the new normal on gas could be around six, five, five and a half, four, 50. Like it will trend higher with inflation. Musk uses Twitter of resisting and thwarting his right to information on fake accounts. I think I've hit that one pretty well today. Um, I, I think Twitter's in a lose-lose situation there. If they say how many bots they have, he pulls out of the deal. If they tell him how many bots they have and he goes, ah, they have too many bots, I'm out of the deal. Like he just, he hurts the company on his way out. Anyhow. We'll talk about this and much, much more in future episodes. One area that I want to talk about is how our retirement systems kind of shortchange some people in our, 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 our chain of safety, getting people to retirement. You can always find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. A little summertime rally to start us off this week. Let's see if it holds. Let's see if it's a dead cat bounce or a bear market rally those are implying that we don't hold these all summer long until inflation goes down. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.